Welcome to the Speech Source Podcast. My name is Mary Brzeek. And I'm Kim Dillon. We are two pediatric speech-language pathologists with a combined 25 years of experience. We are your source for speech, language, feeding, play, and much more in between. Today on Friday Favorites, we are talking about games, and I think Mary and I both picked a game today that is for um, kids a little bit older, but even when you have games like that, there's ways to play with it with younger kids too. So let's talk about our games. Mary, what did you choose for today? So today I chose a Duplo game that is kind of a hybrid between a marble run and Duplo. Honestly, I'm not sure if I have the name brand version because I cannot even pronounce what what this uh, brand is at the top, but it does say Steam um, because it is that kind of toy, and it's an awesome game that our family loves, and especially my four-year-old and six-year-old really love. So I, this is definitely an older game, also because it does have little marble little balls that are, would be you know, choking hazards for younger kids. But I love this game because if you're familiar with Duplos, so it's just that jumbo version of a Lego, it, all you're doing is building ramps for the balls to go down. And they have all these neat pieces that are different turns and hills and little funnels and little balancing things, all different things so that you can build a track to for your marble to go down. And I love it because it really sparks a lot of conversation because adults love it equally with kids. And so I always think that's a great quality about a toy whenever the adults and the parents want to jump in and do this together because that's, you know, where we get so much of our great interactions and language from. But as you're building, um, of course, they have an instruction pamphlet where you can do their own little ones. But I love to build it organically. And we build all these different cool power. And then we have to build the ramps that go down and figure out how the marble is going to start one place and get to the bottom. And it's a really great way to talk to your kids about physics, honestly, but really it's all about problem solving. It's all about looking at these ramps and tunnels and chutes and figuring out, okay, if I want a marble to go faster, what do I need? Or, oh, wait a minute. We're at the end of our, we're at the end of our board here. We're going to need to turn. And so it sparks a lot of conversations about some really higher level thinking, but things that really spark curiosity and have a great conversation piece with it. So we ask questions as we're building our ramps. We're like, oh, wait a minute. That was interesting. Our marble went faster just then. What do you, why do you think it went faster? And then we talk about, okay, well, there is a, we just put a hill on. Oh, okay. So hills make those balls go faster. So you're, I mean, you're doing like lessons of velocity, except that they don't understand that that is what you're working on. And so we're talking about these toys of, okay, well, if we want it to slow down, what piece do you think we could add? Or we could say, okay, we've got these two ramps. Do we want it to go faster or slower? Or we can, you know, build 
two different side-by-side ones and race and talk about why one did the other or why one went faster or slower. One thing that my son really likes to do is make them jump. So, you know, you have like a break in your shoot and almost like, you know, an old school Mario Nintendo game or something where you're like jumping from thing to thing. And so we talk about how, okay, it has to be going fast enough. So how are we going to make sure it goes faster? Does, Does our tower need to be taller? Does it need to be, does it need to turn? Does it need a slide? But let's make it go fast so that it can jump to the next little area And then two, if it goes too fast, we're saying, "Uh oh, wait a minute, it's shooting off. Now we need something. What could we do to keep that marble in the track? Oh, wait a minute, maybe it needs a wall. Okay, hold on, let's build the wall because now it'll bounce off the wall and back into our track. And so again, it's just a lot of great problem solving for kids in a really fun way gets everybody involved. And Duplos are awesome because then if you happen to have other, you know, sets like a house or construction sites, then you can combine them. And yeah, I just, I highly recommend this one. This is actually coming with us on vacation because um, we are going to, you know, be together as a family for a week. And I need to bring toys. I'm really limited on space. So I need to bring high energy toys that are going to be open-ended play that that the adults might play with the kids around the coffee table, kind of playing and talking and enjoying. And this one is definitely it. I would highly recommend it. This sounds so fun. And it sounds like it's one that, um, so sometimes games like this scare me because I am such a structured person. And so, <laughs> especially if I'm working with the kid, mm-hmm. I always mm-hmm. want to pick something that I go into knowing, okay, this is what I'm targeting. This is what I'm targeting. This, this. But honestly, sometimes these games, I get way more out of than I anticipate. And Mm -hmm. just because kids, when they start having fun and they're being creative, the language that comes and that you can work on that you didn't even think of is it's natural and it's, it's just really good. So those games really do bring some really good language. And also these are great for if you are working on a certain sound with a kid and they're doing a really good job imitating sentences and in structured conversation, when you can get a game like this going to kind of move into that generalization of them saying their sounds the correct way when they're not thinking about it. um, I think games like this are great for that because they forget that they're supposed to be working on something. Yeah, this is one that you're right. If you're working on a sound like L or R as you're just talking, it would be a great way to have fun and just say, hey, well, we're playing marbles today. Let's just let's just work on that sound. Let's just say L for hill or marble. That final L would be a great one to work on during this game. Um, So Kim, you have a game as well that's for a little bit older age range. What did you want to talk about today? So I am going to talk about Guess Who. This is this is one of my favorite games probably growing up. I just love that it's still so fun for me to play. And I think kids love it. It says six and older on the box. 
I think that's about right if you're going to play it the right way. But I just have some modifications on how you can play it with younger kids and how you can use it to teach. So I like Guess Who because everybody has their board with lots of different people on it. And you're taking turns trying to, you pick a little picture. So I might have a girl with glasses and dark hair and I'm And then the kid I'm playing with will also have a card that I can't see. And that's their person. I'm trying to figure out on my board who they have. They're trying to figure out on their board who I have. So it's a great game. So one of the skills that you can work on is turn-taking. And then you're having to ask questions and give clues. So question asking, you also, they're having to listen. They're having to follow directions. And they're having to use features and describe. So I might ask, um, does your person wear glasses? So they're looking at their card. That's who I'm asking about. And they would say no. So I would have to put all the people down that have glasses on my board. So I just eliminated that. And so it's kind of tricky to get to that stage. So I wanted to talk about how I teach it. And so we're just going to start off with one board. So you flip all the people up and you don't even have cards yet. So we're just looking at all the people and we're doing it together. And we're talking about the features. So, oh, find somebody that has dark hair or black hair. So they would point to all the people that have black hair, or I might show one person first, and then they're going to get that visual cue and find the other people that have black hair. And we're going to put all the people down. And I don't know if you've seen the Guess Who board game, but you kind of get to flip the little thing down and it's fun. And then we're going to ask, find does um, find the people that have a hat. And so you're going to help them find all the people that have hats. Um, I think it's really cute too with kids because well, some of them have mustaches and some of them have beards. Some of them have both, but some of them only have one. So when they're little, I feel like we've always, they'll be like, does your person have a mustache? And I'll say no, but they have a beard. And then they they think that I'm talking about the other one. So it's cute because it's a time to be like, oh, well, this is a mustache. This is a beard. So just some of that vocabulary that you can talk about and teach. So that first stage is just doing it together. The second way I like to do it is we pull a card just for one board and we look at that card and we're going to use that one card. So maybe that person has white hair and they have glasses. So we're going to talk about how you would ask, you would answer questions. So if someone asked, does your person have glasses? You would say yes, because look, your person has glasses. And then they would put down. And then the last stage would be when you're trying to play back and forth. And it, it does take a lot of teaching, but once they get it, it's a lot of fun. And I just think it's a really good way to work on some of those features and describing and just talking about the the people that they have. And it's also tricky because you have to think that, you know, negation. So they're going to ask, does your person have a mustache? And if I said yes, then they're going to have to put all the people down on their board that don't have mustaches. So it's some of that higher, those so higher language skills whenever they're playing independently. But just like any game that we talk about, you can always back it up and just do it in different ways um, and do it together. And I really do think, especially with the younger kids, just flipping those things down, the people down whenever you don't need them anymore is reinforcing 
in itself. So you can just go through and talk about different features and adjectives and describing, or you might ask a question, um, who is wearing a hat with a flower? So they're really having to listen. So there's just different ways that you can um, look at it. So it's just a fun one. I have this as a request I get all the time with kids. I really like Guess Who too. I feel like it's a classic. I remember growing up with it as well and just enjoying playing it. Um, One way that I've played too that's a higher level for readers is that you can bring in that literacy piece and say, does your person have an R in their name? Or Mm -hmm. does your person have more than four letters in their name? And then you also, as you turn them down, if you're working on speech or sounds, especially R's, there's a ton of R's in this game. um, You can, as you flip them down, if they are a reader, then you can say the name like Frank and then, you know, flip it down. But you can kind of practice some speech. If they're readers, you can kind of take it to a next level too. Oh, that's a really good idea. I know a lot of times with the little ones, I'll say, do you have Sam? And they're like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I know. They they're can't like, no, see, yeah. They can't read the card. And so I have to turn around and show it. And it's cute. So just fun. Yeah, that is a, a good fun one. little game. And again, this is another great family game, especially when you get to have, this is a good one that when siblings can kind of play, when they get to the point where they mm-hmm. can play themselves, it's really good because it's not too complicated and they're able to do it back and forth with themselves. It's a good one to have for the family also. Thank you for listening to today's episode about Friday favorites. We will link both of these toys in our show notes and on our Instagram page. So make sure you are following those so you don't miss any of these awesome toys for your family. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast and check out our website, thespeechsource.com. Also, check us out on Instagram for more ideas on speech, language, feeding, and play.